Hello and welcome to another episode of Tea with Dr. D. This is Dr. Ron Dumar, functional health specialist and chiropractic physician, Chinese medicine doctor. I want to speak specifically to something today, and that is a lot of statements that I'm hearing of people saying and suggesting that uh, people who are making decisions different than themselves should be denied proper medical care. This is a very, very dangerous road to move down, and it is specifically inhumane. I've also heard many suggest that people who are, let's say, unvaccinated should receive mandatory vaccination against their will while under in prep for surgery. These suggestions both cross the line of bodily autonomy. Body autonomy is very strong. There, there is no one who can tell you or force you to put something into your body. Not in this country, and there shouldn't be anywhere. They can't force you to do something like that. These decisions should be made, as we've said multiple times on this program, between an individual and their chosen healthcare provider. As a physician, I don't consider it my duty to deny care to others. Why would it be my duty? Why would I even say something like that? There have been laws in the past that you can't deny treating somebody. Hospitals have gotten in big trouble for sometimes attempting to figure out how to triage certain patients. It's been a struggle. They figure out how do we, how do we get this patient moved out onto their way. Uh, and, and that's been really difficult because of legal issues and concerns. So as a physician, it's not our role to say, oh, it's not our duty to say, I'm not going to treat this. I'm not going to treat that person because, oh, look, they, they have an abrasion. They have an open wound. Uh, they cough. They have a cough. They're sneezing. You know, they have goop coming out of their eye. We don't, we don't look at abscesses. We don't look at different growths and things like that and say, oh, yeah, definitely not. Mm-mm. Now I'm, a, I'm sorry, I don't know who you came to, but I'm a physician. I don't treat that. I don't treat stuff. I'm not here to take care of patients. I'm not to here to care, to care for the sick. What is going on? Just because certain people think that the way they think is the way everyone should think. And so all of a sudden, it becomes justifiable to deny somebody care? Should we deny them housing next? Should they be denied um, any sort of government assistance or help at all because of this decision that they've made? to protect themselves and their body, to decide for themselves, which is their God-given right? How far are we going to take it? Are we going to suggest that maybe these individuals are actually disposable to society, that they should actually be experimented on, that they should be gathered up, taken to a place where more tests can be run, where re-education can take place? 
Let's not go to that place. Let's not even go close to there. This is not our role as a physician. Our role is to diagnose, to care, to motivate, and to treat. That's what we do. That's what we do. And first, we should do no harm. First, we as physicians should do no harm. So, to suggest that people are out there infecting, spreading, dumping, being agents or vectors of spread is incredibly problematic. And we're at a time where, with informatics, we can use a lot of data tracking devices of all sorts to try to try to get the analytics and understand better we would say what's happening where people are traveling where the spreads occurring when it's initiating but in order to do that we also have to have some level of observation within the individual within the individual See, if I've got two people out at a party, and one of them happens to be um, sick, but asymptomatic, carrying, you could say, and the other one happens to, well, not be, we assume. Why we assume that, I'm not sure. But the assumption's there. Maybe because they just haven't been tested yet. Maybe because they don't have symptoms yet. So it's almost like two symptomatic, asymptomatic people are at a party. That sound, sounds pretty normal to me, two asymptomatic people at a party. One, a, one symptomatic or asymptomatic person goes home. The other asymptomatic person goes home. The first asymptomatic person gets sick. And the other asymptomatic person feels nothing. That's interesting. That's super interesting. Now, when you're asymptomatic... Essentially, what it means is that the, the viral capacity within your cells of replication has not gotten to a, to a point where it's overwhelmed or triggered the immune system strongly enough to where your body's even expelling or expressing symptoms to attempt to expel it. So if your immune system is regulating the virus that well, that you don't even have symptoms, it's actually quite unlikely that you're going to be spreading it also. It's not impossible. It does happen. It can happen. Asymptomatic spread, sure. But it's a lot less likely. What's more likely is that, say, somebody actually has symptoms, and then they go to a party, and then they infect somebody. Well, that's a possibility. But even still, how do we know that that person is the one who infected them. Would there have or could there have been possibly other people at that party? Yeah, there could have. And this is where we get into so much of wanting to control every little detail. I've heard it said one way before of looking beyond the mark. They looked beyond the mark. Is this really the mark? Is this really the point that we should be going to? where every little nuance within a person 
their body, their physiology, their cellular respiration is all recorded and sent up in a data to a cloud so that we can analyze that data and and spit out computational uh, patterns so that we can say, nope, you shouldn't be there. Nope, you need to quarantine. We send a little bit of, uh, uh, you know, a little message through their Alexa. Please quarantine now. Please quarantine now. You will be quarantined for 10 days. And Alexa, sorry, I don't have a very good Alexa voice. But, so Alexa could do that. Why, why, would, we, why would we do this? Do we really want to have every little aspect of our physiology tracked, monitored, sent up to a cloud for some big, large conglomerate um, entity of some sort to be evaluating? And if that does happen, shouldn't we be shouldn't we be really restricting the actual decisions that can be made and taken as a result of the data collected? And with data collection, what does it even mean? What sort of meaning are we going to be extrapolating from the numbers that we're going to be gathering? And who's going to be establishing that meaning? So we're headed in a rabbit hole, but we're headed there because we have individuals that are standing for um, less rather than more freedom of individuals. And less medical freedom than more medical freedom. We should be able to choose what goes into our body. We should be able to choose these things. My question as a physician should be, how can I best assist this patient? And if I cannot assist them, then, well, I should refer them to someone that can. I will not say to them, that because their prior history caused their condition, their current condition, I cannot treat them. So if I have a patient who comes to me and they're on medications for thyroid, I look at them and say, well, how, what are our goals here? Can we get off of this thyroid medication? Can we actually improve our health and maybe we don't get off of the th- thyroid medication? Do you have fatigue? Are you gaining weight? What are the other conditions or issues that you're dealing with or that we can tackle together? I, I don't look back at them and say, well, sorry, you know what? You didn't, you didn't uh, properly eat food when you were in college. You should have had a better diet, and this is all happening because of your poor, horrible diet. So, sorry, I'm not going to treat you now. When, why would a physician ever say that? As a physician, someone comes to you because something happened and occurred in their life. Of course, there's some action or mechanism physiologically or physically that occurred that resulted in the problem that they're displaying to you. Of course they are. And why would you turn them away? Why would you say, I'm not going to treat you or you don't deserve to have this hospital bed? Because of choices that they made. If that's the case, should we be monitoring every single little bite that goes into your mouth? Should we be monitoring your blood sugar at every second that's sent up to the cloud and restricting you, having a mechanism that closes off your throat so that you cannot have any further sugar? What are we doing? What are we talking about? 
let's, let's establish some sense of humanity here. Instead, I would acknowledge their prior history, the patient's prior history. And I'm going to use that prior history as a guide, as a guide for better care of how I'm going to care for them and what I'm going to do for them. What plants, what nutrients, what herbals, what recommendations, what labs we might draw, what tests we might run. That's what I'm going to do. What treatments do we need to use for this patient? And we put a plan together. And the plan is geared and aimed at their historical health patterns. And we want to have uh, an impact on those significant, uh, uh, an impact on those mm-hmm. health patterns so that the patient can see their health improving. They can see their joints reducing in pain. They can feel their, their motion improving. They can feel their ability to think and to process information and to engage in the activities that they wish to engage in. They can feel all of that getting better and better. I, as a, as a physician, I seek to understand their life, their hobbies, their passions. What's their why? What drives you? And how can I, as a physician, make that why more possible for you as often as possible so that you can thrive in life? Those are the, those are the questions we should be asking and those are the things we should be discovering as a physician. Now, uh, am I going to caution them? Yes, but I want them to make the choices. Why? Because that's how they empower themselves. That's how I empower them. That's how they actually become healthy in their life. That's actually true freedom for them. They, they cannot. It is not true health to just be attached to something and be given the proper nutrients that you need every single day. That is not true health. To have no engagement in your own process, that's not health. You, you have no idea how to keep yourself healthy. All you know is that you would hook yourself up to an IV every day, get, get certain nutrients, and there you go. That's not health. That's not engaging in your own life. That's not taking responsibility for where you are. We need patients to take responsibility. We need patients who are free to make choices and decisions. We need patients who can choose for themselves, not be forced into or coerced into a medical treatment that they don't want. Because forcing and coercing leads to victimization. We don't need victimization. We don't need victims in medicine. We've had plenty of that. Let's empower people through medicine. Let's empower them through diet. Let's empower them through exercise. When a patient presents with diabetes, and I'm working with them, I'm obviously going to help them with diet. I'm going to help them with lifestyle changes. And as they implement the changes I recommend to them, it's going to get better. Things are going to improve, and they're going to see it improve, and then they're going to want to make further changes, or they're going to want to continue the changes that they've made. When I treat patients for bronchitis or pneumonia, I don't 
I don't remove them from care if I've determined that they spent time in a room with a person with a cough or a cold or in, in a smoky room or outside in smoky weather. As a physician, it's my responsibility to care for that patient while employing the full extent of my arsenal with the most delicate sensitivity to the individual's needs. Imagine for a minute if a lung cancer patient were denied care because they had smoked in the past. Or if an accident victim was denied care because, let's say, well, maybe it was a stupid decision for them to drive that day or to perform or for a, you know, motorcyclist to perform a stunt or to even ride that motorcycle at all or maybe for that bull rider to even get on the bull. Well, that was dumb. <laughs> you shouldn't get medical care. Hello. Or for a trail ride with a horse or a bike ride or maybe purchase that bullet bike or riding that wave. Those were just stupid decisions, right? Is that what they are? Shouldn't be treated for those. I sincerely, strongly disagree. Those are individual decisions people make because of passions that they have, because of, of them knowing who they are and their excitement and exhilaration for life and them being willing and able to make their own decisions. As healthcare workers, we should do all that is in our power to provide adequate care. And if we are unable, then we should direct the patient to where they can best be cared for. It's true that some decisions some people make end up in horrible accidents. And it is also true that some decisions that some people make, well, they end up occupying all of your time watching this miraculous feat that you enjoy on YouTube. It could have ended in catastrophe, but the fact that it didn't was captivating. You loved it. That rock climber who scaled that wall face with no ropes. Dangerous? Yes. Horrible? Yes. Decision to me? I think that's stupid. But he did it nonetheless. And I appreciate that. The artistry. And I am going to allow him to decide in his life for himself. And if he has an injury in the meantime... Am I going to deny him care because I think his decision to do that wouldn't have been the decision that I would make if I were there? Huh, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Of course I'm going to care for him. I think what he's doing is remarkable. I think his level of talent and the sophistication that it's required and the amount of time and dedication that he puts into it is, it's honorable. It's commendable. And I appreciate that. People must be taught and free to choose for themselves. We as physicians must be ready and knowledgeable. We must be willing to guide the patient in a course towards their health and towards their healing. And that's it. That is our role. So please, if you feel that someone around you is making a stupid decision because they're choosing to get vaccinated, or they're choosing not to get vaccinated. 
Choose first to love them instead. Choose to interact with them the same as you would have previously. You may want to take a short break from time to time if either of you don't feel well. Of course, that's common. That's usual. That's, ex- that's acceptable. But don't treat them like the plague because they most certainly are not. Relationships that you have with people, friendships that you have with each other, your ability and capacity to care for one another, to understand each other, this is the greatest blessing that you have, and this will bring the greatest joy to your life, a life, a joy that you will never regret. I promise you that. So to all who listen, thank you for listening. Please share, like, comment, Stay well and healthy all. Until next time.